morning. It is wonderful to have every one of you here this morning. Please join me in the red hymnal, number 549, and we'll sing the doxology together. Number 549. is found in the red hymnal number 648. Happy is he whose guilt is removed, whose sin is forgiven. Happy the man whom the Lord reckons no evil, whose spirit is free from guile. Then I told you my sin, I hid not my guilt. I said, I confess, O Most High, my transgressions, O Lord. As for you, you removed the guilt of my sin. Therefore, every saint prays unto you. When an army approaches or floodwaters rise, he is not overtaken. You are my refuge. You protect me from danger. You surround me with shouts of triumph. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 485, Take My Life and Let It Be. Number 485, Take My Life and Let It Be.
pray together. Our gracious God, we are so thankful and appreciate the fact that all of us are here to come and worship you. And Lord, it is so good to know that everyone that has come to worship you this morning is here because they want to be here. And Lord, that just makes the worship even more meaningful because our heart's desire is to do exactly that, to worship you in all things. God, we come before you with the needs and requests that we have in our lives, the small needs, the big needs, the things that we have been struggling with. Lord, we just come before you and lay those things at your feet. We lift up our hearts and our minds and our spiritual eyes to you to ask for comfort, to ask for discernment, to ask for strength, to ask for faith because we need to have all of those things from you so that we can persevere in our trust in you in all things. Lord, we also think of the needs of friends and of family members, of the patients throughout this medical center, of the staff that are working here today, of the leadership, Lord, we lift them all up to you in prayer. We'd ask that you would be with them, that you remind them always of your presence, and that they too would come before you as an act of worship in prayer with their needs and requests as well. And God, we would just ask for your continued blessing upon us as our heart's desire is open to all things that your Spirit can provide to us as our desire is to follow your will. And Lord, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 452. Living for Jesus, a life that is true. Number 452 in the Red Hymnal.
scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Romans, chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their own minds set on what their flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even through your body is subject to death because of sin, The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies as well because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to to the flesh to live according to it, but if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have brought us all here and you have reminded us by the time of worship that we have had thus far that we truly are yours. And we belong to you. God, I would ask that you would remind us of that fact, that we truly are yours, and that our lives would be lived according to that. And Lord, I'd ask that you'd help me now to say the things that we all need to hear so that we can draw closer to you. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Last week I was in Washington, D.C., and any time I am in the Washington, D.C. area, I always try to go and see something historic, right? There's a lot of history back there, and I always try to go and see something, whether it's something at the Smithsonian or one of the President's memorials that they have there, or just something unique about the area. And this time I took a trip to go to Fort McHenry, which is in Baltimore there. I don't know if anybody has ever been to Fort McHenry there in the harbor there. 
But that's where the writing or the pinning of the Star Spangled Banner took place. If you're familiar with Francis Scott Key and the writing of the Star Spangled Banner and how it is our national anthem. And so we went there to Fort McHenry and we went to the visitor center and as part of the visitor center they give you this, if you will, this preliminary kind of guide in terms of what you're going to be seeing here and what you're going to be experiencing. And part of that is they provide to you a, a video uh, showing of the historical events that led up to the War of 1812, those things that took place that led up into the British fleet bombarding Fort McHenry. And at the conclusion of all this background and historical information, they actually play the national anthem. But in the process of doing that, they also raise the screen that you have just been watching this presentation on, and the screen opens up to windows, and you actually see the flag flying over Fort McHenry. And as we were there, we all stood up. There was probably about 25 of us in the room, and I was not aware of the fact that the screen would come up as the national anthem was being played, and you would actually physically see a flag flying over Fort McHenry. And I must admit that I had a sense of patriotism. I got a little teary-eyed because anytime I'm at an event when the national anthem is being played, those of us that have served our country, I think we identify more with the flag and the national anthem as it is being played. And I always even get teary-eyed to this day when I'm at a sporting event and they play the national anthem because I think of the service and the sacrifice of the service members that I have served with, but also the service members that have served our country in peace and war to guarantee the opportunity that we have to honor our country by singing the national anthem. And as we toured the fort and the fort uh, guide gave us an understanding of the events of that day, once again reiterating the things that took place. I thought about the fact that when Francis Scott Key wrote the poem that became the national anthem, he was actually being held, if you will, hostage or at least temporarily imprisoned by the British Navy because he actually went out on a truce truce ship to talk to the British to talk to the British and they actually held him because they were afraid that if they released him that he would divulge the plans of what they were going to be doing on the attack of Fort McHenry and on the attack of Baltimore itself. And as he pinned the poem to the Star Spangled Banner, he truly was struck by the fact that as the dawn approached and the bombardment had gone on all night long through the pouring rain and the artillerymen continued to return fire from Fort McHenry back to the British. That as the smoke cleared and as the sun came up, he saw that our flag was still there. And he penned those words. And those words we sing in our national anthem. And if you think about the War of 1812 itself and how long it continued uh, before and after Fort McHenry, 
And even though the historians say it really wasn't a victory for the United States, it really wasn't a victory for Great Britain, they burned Washington, D.C. So I don't know how you can consider it not being a loss of some kind or another. The British did, burned Washington, D.C. But I think the remembering of the national anthem is the perseverance that we should have in terms of what we believe in. And as citizens of the United States, and we think about the flag that is just here to my right, we think about the idea of what that flag represents. Perseverance. Endurance. It represents the fact that our country has not always done everything perfectly, correct? Right? Because our country, our nation is represented by institutions. And who serves in institutions? People do. And people are not going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes. But we shouldn't leave the fact that there's an ideal there about perseverance for our nation to always strive to make it better somehow and not to give up on that fact. So the scriptures that we've just read this morning remind us of the fact that we struggle with our nature of our flesh with the nature of our spirit. We struggle with a desire to do certain things a certain way that is represented by our lives in terms of how we think things should be. But yet the scriptures remind us that we shouldn't be doing things the way that we think they should be. We should be doing things in the way the Spirit of God says they should be for us as we walk with God. As we think about Fort McHenry and the flag that flew on that morning, and that flag is in the Smithsonian, if you've ever get an opportunity to see it, I suggest you do so because it truly represents, I think, something great about our nation. It represents those things that are good about our nation. It represents those ideals that we strive to obtain as a nation, which makes us unique, so unique, in fact, that I don't think any other nation, in my opinion, has the same freedoms that that flag represents. But scripturally, within our own lives as we walk with God, Christ came to set us free, to have the freedom to enjoy our lives from a spiritual perspective and not bound by the things of the flesh in our lives. And we all struggle with those things. We all struggle with our desires and how we can deal with and how do we overcome those weaknesses that we have. How we deal with our humanity, our imperfections that we all have. The things that remind us that as we are walking in the flesh and not by the Spirit, that there are times in our lives that we are truly hostile towards God because we don't understand why certain things are happening to us because they are so unfair, they are so unjust. 
And when you feel that way, more times than not, you are probably right. Those things that have happened to you were unfair, were unjust. Because a lot of those things that happened to us were either through two events, either through the things that people did to us or the choices that we made. And if we had to do it all again, we probably would make different choices because I think we would want different outcomes in our lives if we knew then what we know now. But it didn't happen that way, did it? And so when I look back at my life and I look about the choices that I made that hurt me and hurt others, that affected other people's lives, I can't go back and change the past. I can't go back and somehow reconcile the hurts that happened to me and the hurts that I did to others. And we've talked about in previous messages the whole idea of forgiveness and what that represents. And I think here we see an example of that forgiveness through what Jesus Christ did for us. And if we take on that forgiveness that God has provided to us through His grace, and we begin to walk with God no longer in the flesh but in the Spirit, we understand what the Scriptures is talking about. That if we truly want the freedom to live, we do so not in the flesh, not in our own desires but in our spirit. But yet it is unnatural for us to walk in the spirit. We have to work at it to walk in the spirit. It's far more easier for us to follow our own fleshly desires, to follow our own human desires. But we already know in our lives what happens when we do that is we actually imprison ourselves. We actually become slave to certain things in our lives. We hurt others and other people hurt us because of those fleshly desires and because of those fleshly desires of other people. But yet the scriptures tell us that if we want to live according to the flesh, that you shouldn't be surprised when things that you're planning that you want to have don't work out the way that you expect them to. You shouldn't be surprised that you're hostile and angry towards God because you are walking in the flesh. But if you walk in the Spirit, if you understand that because of what Christ has done for us, that He has fulfilled the requirement of the law, that you and I are no longer condemned. You and I are no longer guilty. You and I are no longer separated from God because of what we have done in the flesh. There is a newness that takes place. There is a freedom that takes place that God wants us to embrace, that God wants us to be it to become a part of our lives. 
In the same way as we think about our own nation, we have some ideals that we aspire to have. And yes, we are not going to make it all of the time. And politics, in my opinion, is a nasty business. But wherever you have one or two people gathered together, what do you have? You have politics. So that problem is never going away. But it doesn't mean that we don't strive for the ideal. It doesn't mean that just because we are walking with the flesh and we are struggling with some things today, it doesn't mean that we give up on the principle of walking in the Spirit with God. That we follow to walk with God in the Spirit because we know that it is in the righteousness of Christ that we truly do have life. The life that God wants us to live. Because our desires, our old nature has been put to death. And we are to take on that new nature, the spirit that gives us life, the spirit that gives us the righteousness that we don't deserve, but it is because of Christ that we have been given that righteousness. We have been made clean. We have been made whole. Because now our walk should be in the spirit and not by flesh. And now as we walk with God, the things that we want to see in our lives, we are reminded by the scriptures to walk by faith and not to walk by sight. Because walking by sight is really an example of being in the flesh. Walking in the spirit, we walk by faith. It doesn't mean that we don't have plans. It doesn't mean that we don't have goals. It doesn't mean that we don't have things in our lives that we want to work to or that we try to achieve every day. But it reminds us in that perspective that when we put forth that effort towards those things that we are working towards, the goals that we have, the things in our lives that we want to have better, because we want to live better lives. A part of that needs to be the spiritual aspect of our lives. Because all of us struggle with issues that at times are emotional. All of us struggle with times with things that are physical. And those needs also have to be met. But I think a lot of times we underestimate the spiritual aspects of our lives that can be so rewarding for us as we walk daily with Him by understanding the fact that we are weak, that by nature we are weak, by nature we are selfish, by nature we are going to do those things that are contrary to living in the Spirit of God. We should expect that. Because if we expect that, guess what? We are not caught off guard. And when we have things happen to us, either because of our own choices or because of the choices of others, we shouldn't be surprised. On the contrary, if we are prepared, we truly can persevere. We can persevere through those circumstances. We can persevere 
through those challenges because we truly want to live. We truly want to be led by the Spirit of God because God embraces us as his children, as his sons and daughters. And that relationship is intact and no one can take that relationship away. There are things in our lives that get in the way. And when we live our lives, we understand that sometimes those things that get in the way is because we are not being open before God. Because God sees those things that we are struggling with. He sees the desires that I struggle with, that you struggle with. And a lot of times we become so overwhelmed with guilt and we become ashamed. But God says, I already know about those things. Come to me with that guilt. Come to me with that shame. Embrace the forgiveness and the righteousness that I have provided to you through my Son, Jesus Christ. Embrace the fact that you and I are no longer condemned in the eyes of God, that we have been set free. And all of those things, if we remind ourselves daily, we truly can walk in the freedom of the Spirit that God wants us to exercise. The symbolism of that is Christ on the cross dying and being crucified for your sins and my sins. But the symbolism just doesn't end there. It's the death and the burial and the resurrection and the ascension of Christ. And the story continues. The story continues in your life the story continues in my life. The story of this nation continues. It didn't end when Francis Scott Key penned the poem and it became our national anthem, The Star-Spangled Banner. It continues on in our lives, in the lives of this nation. The freedoms that we want to have and that we want to show, we continue to have to work for and to perfect. Those of us that know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, that perfection has already taken place. And we do not have to work for it anymore because we have already obtained the righteousness. Our responsibility now is to live free in the Spirit, in our daily lives, our daily lives with each other, our daily lives that represent our true relationship with God as being one of his sons and one of his daughters. So it is my hope and prayer that we live according to how God wants us to live, that you and I have been set free, and that freedom permits us to take one step at a time in him and all the things that we do, which gives us that strength that we need to have, that unnatural ability of spirit to walk with him as he walks side by side with us. Amen.
Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion. And let us be reminded of the fact that when we publicly take communion together, we are truly remembering that Christ has set us free from our sin. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have given us this wonderful opportunity to enjoy this time that we have together. And God, forgive us for those times on a daily basis when we have walked by our own sight and not by faith. When we have followed our own fleshly desires and responding to certain sets of circumstances and we have not responded in the Spirit. But God, you remind us that there is no condemnation, that the righteousness is there for us, not because that we have done anything, but because of what your Son, Jesus Christ, did for us. And God, we embrace that. We embrace it as one of your sons and one of your daughters. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins and loving us just the way we are this morning. In your son's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Please join me for our closing hymn, number 486, Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of My Heart. Number 486 in the Red Hymnal. Gracious God, thank you for reminding us that as we envision our lives, we do so no longer condemned. We do so by the righteousness that have provided through your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, we do want to live and we do want to have peace understanding that. Remind us of that vision 
each day as our desire is to be your children and to follow you in spirit and in truth. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.